Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today uh, we are going to visit with our friends from Sexual Assault Services. Heidi Fairchild is with us. Heidi is the program coordinator. Heidi, welcome back. Good morning. It's great to be back. Also with us, Jordan Christian and Courtney Babineau. They are both advocates. Ladies, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Here to talk about a very serious subject. And I know uh, this month, April is always sexual uh, assault Awareness Month. Yep. Um, sexual, sorry. Sexual Assault Awareness Month um, comes every April, but sexual assault um, and sex crimes are something we should really be talking about other than just April. I know we've talked to you before, Heidi, and uh, there's a lot of people that think, well, that's a big city problem, but it happens right here all over central Minnesota, all over Minnesota, period. Yep. Actually, all over the United States and beyond, every 68 seconds, somebody in the United States is sexually assaulted. Wow. And every nine minutes, that person is a child. Oof. So it's Oof. happening more than what people think. Um, we work with a lot of victims here locally. Every year, we average around 250 to 300 new people. And the number doesn't go down. It continues Goodness. to increase. Goodness. And those are numbers of people who have stepped forward or who, you know, what it's known. Right. There's so many others that are not. Right. Less than 20% actually report to wow, law really? enforcement or a person of authority. And for child sexual abuse, it's probably like maybe 12% are ever reported to an authority. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those numbers are just staggering, aren't they? Yep. Yep. And it's it's and that's why we're, we we want to talk about it. Um, it's not a fun topic to talk about, but it is a community problem. It is a public health problem. Um, and one thing we don't hear from victims or you, we don't talk about it is because it's a shame based crime mm -hmm. and it should not be shame based for the victim. No. So talk about the services that you do provide. And um, maybe Courtney or, or Jordan want to handle that one? Uh, at least start with some of the services that, that are provided. If someone were to come to you or, or notify you, what happens? Yeah, so advocates assist from the onset if they are called in. That means at the hospital, if the victims choose to have an advocate present with law enforcement, if they choose to report um, through the court process and beyond, we... Um, can stand by them as advocates. Sometimes a victim may just want support once or many times ongoing throughout the years. Yeah, so really when this type of thing happens, uh, you are there to stand by them and as long as they want you to, as long as they need you to, you're there. Yeah, absolutely. We try to stand by them as long as they want us to um, through their uh, journey of healing. Yeah, and that journey can take I mean, there's no set timetable, is there? Right. A lifetime. Yeah. Um, for some mm -hmm. people, it's a lifetime. Right. And, and everybody's different. And I know a lot of people are afraid of coming forward, not only because you said, you know, it's it, sadly it's a shameful thing, but um, is there a cost to use your services? Uh, no, it's all free, confidential service. Okay. Yeah. And we're on call 24-7, so there's always an advocate on call. Um, SAS, sorry, Sexual Assault Services is a 501c3 nonprofit. Okay. Um, our funding, main funding sources um, are state and federal funding, the Office of Justice Programs, and VOCA, um, VOCA funding. 
Otto Bremer Foundation, Hallett Charitable Trust, and we do a lot of fundraising. We do have a non-charitable gambling license, which has been very slow going because there's so many um, pull tabs and electronics out there. So we're still trying to find some really good locations. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a few locations, but they're smaller facilities um, mm-hmm. or venues, I should say. So we're struggling with um, finding a good place to have our pull tabs. But once we get that going better, I, that will be a good funding resource, not just for us, but other local nonprofits, which we'll be able to donate to through those also. If someone is listening and they have an establishment that's that said, hey, we'll do that for you, um, how do they get a hold of you to, to put that out there? Call us at 218-828-0494. We would be thrilled. Okay. Um, also, right now, I would like to mention that um, we have a SANE pilot program um, that we're going to start, and SANE stands for Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner. Mm. So when a victim, male, female, um, whomever enters an emergency room, emergency department, um, they should be able to get a forensic collection done, a sexual assault kit done. Mm-hmm. And our local emergency rooms do provide that. However, because of the um, turnaround in nursing and how they rotate their shifts, they're usually not, might get a same trained nurse or one that is familiar with the kit. Uh. So um, we're starting, um, we're gonna do a pilot program and then um, see how that goes. We have, and I wanna, you know, it's been hard work. So I wanted to mention that Ascension St. Joseph's Foundation um, and CRMC Foundation have donated $20,000 each for us to start the pilot program. Wow. And also the Minnesota Women's Foundation donated 15000 for us. Um, so we have a start, um, and we're still seeking funds. And one thing is, is this is a community issue, and we should be able to have people from the community or here visiting to be able to go in um, and and have this exam done, whether they want to report or don't want to report, but have the people that are trained to do the collection of the DNA yes. and ask the right questions and be trauma-informed. So mm-hmm. this is huge. Um, we've needed it for a long time. Yeah. So um, we're working on it, and um, we're getting there. So. One thing we're asking for is the community to help us with this because it is a community issue and and this is very important to have in our community. Mm-hmm. Now, Heidi, is that different in bigger cities? Do they pretty much have someone on staffs that are ready at all times and, and this is more outstate because so many of the outstate, we just don't have the resources or the training that takes place, right? right? In rural communities, um, they're lacking um, with forensic trained nurses um, and doctors. And um, having that training, they don't have to be certified to do this, but having that training and then because they're not always going to be doing these exams. So even being in, having a group of them where we can make sure they're um, well-trained, up-to-date on the collection process, the questions to ask. And also um, we can make sure they're getting continued training um, and even using live models so that they get that experience Mm -hmm. um, to do the collection and be comfortable with it. 
Interesting. And rural communities have a, you know, most rural communities don't have the access. But yeah, like down in Hennepin County, um, you know, they have set teams to be able to do that. So yeah. we're, we're not privileged um, unless once in a while there's somebody in the emergency department that has come from there um, mm-hmm. that has been a SANE trained nurse. So. Wow. Well, I can see where that's extremely important, not only for the evidence collected, but more importantly for the training on how to help the victim in this, in this case. Handle situation. I mean, yeah. Right, exactly. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, um, it's it's really hard to come in anyways. And yeah. Yeah. to have the staff um, have the availabilities to know what your options are, to know the community resources, um, you know, mm-hmm. and to have people who specialize in this work with you. Because with, um, <coughs> with the proper... I don't want to say this wrong, but with the proper training and to know the resources they have, um, it helps that victim and also all the way through prosecution. So yes. it also mm-hmm. helps with accountability if they do decide to report. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if somebody is listening and this isn't something that very, very recently happened? This is something in the past, even years, and maybe just now it's coming to the surface. What would you tell somebody who has been a victim to do at this point then? We are here for them at any, any point in their journey that they're at. Um, so we work with um, youth all the way through um, the elderly. And um, some people have just been sexually assaulted. And for some people, it could have been many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been through childhood and they just want somebody to talk to. Um, or, you know, it could have been um, in a marriage um, with a significant other family member. And it doesn't matter where they're at in their journey. Mm-hmm. We're here for them. Okay. And again, 24-7. Yep. Yeah. How do we get by the fact that uh, so many do not even report? Do, do we need to just get that word out that it's okay? It, it's not it's your okay fault. To rep- it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. take that step. I think, you know, for us um, as a society, being able to support a victim when they come to you to just listen and yes. not be judging and not tell them what they should do, yeah. but even as community members, knowing what our resources are so that we can help them connect with them mm-hmm. um, is very important. Um, just the simple words to say, I believe you, mm-hmm. um, and let's see what we can do, or I believe you, I'll listen to you, and knowing you know that you can direct them somewhere, or maybe they just need somebody to hear them. Yeah. Yeah, the statistics you gave are just mind-boggling and I think if I'm not mistaken reading stories about this uh, too often it's people you know, isn't it? Yes, most sexual assaults um happen um by somebody we know, we're familiar with. Even with child sexual assaults, uh the high percentage is done by somebody they know and 34% of those are usually family members. Wow. Mm. And then a lot of times there, too, there's a threat, you know, made to the person or the family of the person that is being abused. And so that probably just adds to that fear of coming forward because they don't want to be so-called responsible for, you know, what may happen. Yeah, there's there could be a threat Mm -hmm. um, or it could just be um, they want it to stop. But once they report, it might go through the especially for child victims, it might go through the system. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then your number one, it's out there. Number two, 
um, you know, want uh, grandpa, uncle, dad, um, mom, auntie to um, be in trouble um, because yeah. it tips everything upside down. So imagine being that child who's come forward and then the family, um, you know, if there's charges, it goes through the whole court system. So, mm -hmm. And it's not a fun process. No. 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 Uh, do you find that uh, because there's such a reluctance to uh, do the victims oftentimes just talk to friends and, you know, again, unreported to officials? And what what do those people, what should they be doing besides listening, obviously? Listening and then even a friend or a family member, um, acquaintance can call us, you know, um, and just just say, hey, this is what's going on and I don't know what to do. And they don't have to give us a name mm -hmm. and they don't have to give us details, yeah. but we'll help walk them through that and, you know, and make sure that they know where the resources are for their friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Um, Heidi, the other thing we should talk about is uh, you mentioned you're a nonprofit and you do some fundraising. And I know that uh, come August, I believe, yep. we'll be doing another walk a mile in her shoes. Yeah, so that's changing up this year. Do you guys want to say how we're changing it up? Yeah, this year um, it's actually going to be at a new location. Um, in previous years, we've done it at Mills Ford, um, but we will be starting now this year it'll be on Laurel Street at the east end of the jail um, and also the courthouse. It is August 10th from 5 to 7, and so we're also doing it during the week rather than on the weekend, hoping that um, it'll be easier for families to commit to something during the week versus a busy weekend um, in the summer. Mm -hmm. So we're super excited about that uh, change and looking forward to yeah, so it's a Thursday night and from 5 to 7 in the evening because it used to be, uh, again, in the morning. Right, yep, it used to be on a Saturday, too, and in yeah. August, and they're they're busy. And then location-wise, I mean, Mills has been wonderful with us. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, since COVID and just before COVID, the numbers started kind of dwindling of walkers. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to try something um, different yeah. and and see how that goes this year. And for listeners who are not familiar with Walk a Mile, it's kind of a fun way to raise awareness. Talk about how the walk works for those who have never heard about it. So, Walk a Mile, Ken. I think you've been to a few of them over the years. Yes, I have. I have the blisters to prove it. Yes. Yeah, still. <laughs> so, Walk a Mile and her shoes um, started. I don't even know how many years ago. I should know that. Um, but men, it was started as a men's march mm -hmm. um, to bring out um, awareness for women and children. But this isn't any longer. I mean, times have changed. It's not just a men's march. So men um, typically would walk in high heels. We really like the red ones um, <laughs> that are about three or four inches. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's men walking in high heels or flip-flops or just walking um, to bring awareness. But it's for anybody and everybody mm -hmm. um, we have little kids we have you know elderly so it's it's just a fun event and we we do a big silent auction during that event too yeah. and for guys who want to participate with that fun little twist to it they don't have to wear high heels if they want to decorate some flip-flops or just bling out some shoes and have some fun with it that's encouraged too right yep just yeah. come and have fun with us and we like to take pictures so that we have blackmail of you in heels too so i'm just going to put that out there okay <laughs> good to know yeah and i uh, i can say from experience i have very big feet but you have very big women's shoes there. 
there. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we go up to at least size fourteen or yeah. so. So yeah. yeah, we have a lot of heels. Our shed is full of heels. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll look forward to that. Uh, August tenth. That's a Thursday night from five until seven, and a new location there on Laurel Street. So. Yep, it'll be fun this year. So we'll we'll probably come see if you'll invite us back before the walk a mile starts so we could talk about that and update everybody on what's going on all right in the meantime uh, if someone would wants to talk more about this subject please call sexual assault services and heidi remind us of that phone number again 218-828-0494 we're available 24 7. Okay. very good ladies thank you for being here today to talk about this as uh uh, we know there's a problem here, and you guys are doing a huge service to these victims to help them through. Thank you. Don't forget, our ribbons are downtown um, Brainerd for, with our statistics on them this, for this whole month, and then also um, in Deerwood hanging on the light poles so that people can have access to our number but also see the statistics. And what are the color of the ribbons for this? Um, they Well, Sexual assault is teal, mm-hmm. um, so the ribbons are white and teal downtown. They're, okay. like, really big. I know okay. you can't see me on radio. I'm holding my hands up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We will look for those. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and we want to give a shout-out to a few um, local businesses. Um, yeah. So um, on Day of Action, it was April 4th. 4th um, we had a few local restaurants help support sexual assault services. Mm, that's right. Um, by donating a percentage of their sales. So we just wanted to thank Ernie's, Main Street Alehouse, Dobro's, and Chefs on Six as well. Thank you very much. Very yes. good. Thank nice you, ladies. Nice to have that support. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Our guests today from Sexual Assault Services, Heidi Fairchild. She is the program coordinator. Jordan Christian and Courtney Babineau are both advocates. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be listened to anytime right on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.